1: You are listening to Bloomberg Markets. It is Friday. It is June 23rd, 2017. Carol Master, along with uh, Corey Johnson, right here on Bloomberg Radio. SP 500, uh, it's up this year. So is the Dow. The Dow's up about 8%. We're going to talk specifically, Corey, about blue chips.
2: Indeed. Uh, well, what we've got going on with the blue chip stocks uh, in particular has been interesting because it's, it's, uh, it's, it hasn't had the same kind of fantastic rises, half as good as the NASDAQ. Right. But uh, maybe in this time when we've, maybe the market's peaking a little bit, maybe something to look at.
1: All right. First up, though, back to your top business stories, and let's see what's going on in the Friday trading session. Here is, once again, Doug Grisner. Okay.
0: A bit of weakness now in the industrial average. Uh, A lot of the consumer discretionary names are down, notably Bed, Bath, and Beyond. Disappointed on revenue. The stock is down about 12% uh, right now. Seeing a bit of weakness in the broader market, too, with uh, some of the consumer discretionary names. Also, uh, the financials are down. This is kind of curious, because yesterday the Fed told us that all 34 big banks operating here in the States passed Part 1 of the stress test, but now it's on to part two. That'll happen next week, and it'll dictate whether uh, the banks can either increase their dividends or buy back stock or both, and uh, strong results may give a boost to President Trump's push for uh, easing some of the bank regulation we've been talking about on the program. More on that coming up. Tech stocks are doing reasonably well today, and that's helping to lift the NASDAQ composite higher by about three-tenths of one percent right now, although we are seeing weakness in shares of BlackBerry down by... uh, more than 10% of this hour. The quarterly earnings report showed surprisingly weak revenue from software, and that kind of Mars was otherwise shaping up to be a banner year for BlackBerry, particularly since they were able to uh, kind of get out of that hardware business last year. Things have been looking up. Seeing a narrowing of a yield spread between the 10- and the 2-year Treasury right now, about 80 basis points, 2-year yielding 1.33, 10-year just about 214 that's says uh, we've been talking about earlier in the program, suggesting maybe the economy here in the States is poised to weaken. WTI crude oil finishing the New York session uh, 43 bucks after a real tough week for crude in which uh, we were down about 4 percent on the last five trading days. All right. Back to Bloomberg markets with Carol and Corey. Thank you very much, Doug Krisner. Well, you are listening to Bloomberg
2: Markets, which is brought to you by National Realty Managers of New York City Cashflow Real Estate, providing you 10-16% to 16% annualized returns with immediate monthly distributions. See them at nria.net. We're going
1: to talk about Blue chip money and investing in blue chips specifically. Our next guest manages the Hodges Blue Chip Equity Income Fund. Let's talk strategy. Let's talk picks. We've got Gary Bradshaw with us, Senior Vice President, Portfolio Manager. He's got uh, roughly $2 billion in assets under management uh, based in Dallas in our Bloomberg 1130 studio on this Friday. Nice to have you here.
3: Well, it's nice to be here, Carol. Thanks for having me.
1: How do you feel like the investment environment uh, is going so far?
3: Carol, very good, and we remain optimistic at the Hodges Funds. Uh, corporations are doing much better. We just came through an earnings season where earnings were up 14%, and earnings were good. In other words, uh, revenue was up as well, so it wasn't just cost-cutting, and it just wasn't stock buybacks. They're growing the business. They're growing their business. They're growing earnings, cash flow, and raising their dividends, and that's what we like to see.
2: So define for me a blue chip.
3: Corey, we think of a blue chip as those more mature companies with much bigger market caps. The Dow Industrial 30 would be blue chips to us. Those type of companies that have a long history, high quality, uh, continuing. What does high
2: quality mean, I guess, is my question.
3: Well. To you. To me, what I'm looking for in – in a high-quality company is one that is continually growing their earnings, growing their cash flow, and raising their dividend. So it's got to be a dividend payer. In most cases. We don't own 100% dividend payers, but what we do want to see is earnings growth, cash flow growth companies that are generating a lot of cash that have the ability to have a dividend and raise that dividend every year when they do.
1: So let me ask you about one of your top ten holdings, General Electric, down 13% this year. Yep, it's got a 3.5% dividend yield, so that's certainly attractive. But... You know, poor Jeff Immelt has done a lot to change that company. Um, He's leaving, though, because... Did you just say
2: poor Jeff Immelt? Well, because... (laughs) Come on.
1: All right. I just, you know, major transformation at General Electric. A lot of folks, including our Bloomberg Intelligence folks, think that... A lot of the businesses, these four major businesses that he's now focusing on, minus the energy sector, which has been hurt, that it makes sense, whether it's the medical or the power area, that this makes sense, that these are smarter plays longer term. But yet they can't seem to move the needle substantially. Why would you own this stock?
3: Well, Carol, that's a good question. And it, GE has been a disappointment. but So why own it? Well, it does have a good dividend. Uh, we think earnings can accelerate under new management, and we're not quite ready to throw in the towel yet. How long Um, have you owned it? We've owned it probably three or four years as it was coming out of the uh, uh, 2009 recession. So it hadn't been a bad performer. It's just been a bad performer of late. uh, But you ask
1: anybody who owns the stock, which, full disclosure, my husband at one point had a a holding in that. Right. Um, You know... And we used to work there. Yeah, and we used to work there. It didn't move much.
2: Well, you're hasn't
1: moved. If you if you do a chart on the Bloomberg, it's really depressing.
2: (laughs) If you do a chart like all the people who work at GE do all the time and say, I've worked here for so many years and the stocks done what?
3: Well, I'll promise you I haven't added to it of late. So I agree with you. Have you sold? I've sold a little bit along the way, but not a ton. And uh but it certainly hadn't been a a very good performer for us of late. I mean, there's an
2: expectation. I mean, the street thinks that the revenues are going to be up five percent this year, six percent next year, which would be an improvement.
3: That would certainly help. You know, and we had hoped that the energy, the new energy business that they created would would kick in, and that's gone against them. So
1: you're willing to be patient,
3: is what you're saying? Absolutely.
1: Um I beat you up on that one, so I'll give you one. <laughs> Facebook is your number one holding. Um, you know. Up about thirty four percent this year. Yeah, is that a blue
3: chip? Yeah, <laughs> Corey, it is. And and look, I think we ought to be buying Facebook today, in spite of it on its highs. Facebook is a company that could be a huge company bef- before it's all said and done. One point nine billion subscribers monthly. Four hundred
1: forty eight billion market cap. It's it's pretty huge. It's already. big,
3: but but Carol, look, I think it's a great buy today. They're growing revenues and earnings in excess of 40%, Yeah, and yet we think they'll earn $6 next year in 2018. You put a 30 multiple on that, which I th- believe you can. The stock goes to 180, and I think if, as they continue to monetize their different platforms that they have, they've monetized uh, Facebook, Instagram, they're not doing anything with WhatsApp, and that's widely used over in Europe. Well, they so, promise they won't. Well, I mean, they might, they,
2: well, they, well, I'm sorry, they promised they wouldn't put ads in it.
1: <laughs> we got to run. Come back, stuff. though. We like talking um, specific names with you, so really greatly appreciate it. Uh, Gary Bradshaw, portfolio manager at Hodges Capital, joining us in our studio. This is Bloomberg.
2: Let's get some more of the national news headlines with Bloomberg news anchor Adrian Mitchell in our one studios in Washington, D.C.
4: Hey, Cory and Carol. Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell is working to round up enough votes to pass the Senate health care bill. Four Republican lawmakers say they would not vote for the current package. Bloomberg National Political Reporter Sahil Kapoor says there is room for negotiation with those senators, but some key provisions will remain.
3: That's going to be a steep Medicaid cut, and it's going to cap the amount that the program spends for the first time in its history. Um, they're planning to do that after 2025. It's going to be a, a pretty significant tax cut, mostly on high-income households, and it's going to back on the Obamacare subsidies, those things are going to remain in there.
4: Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell is hoping for a vote on the Senate plan next week. Congressman Steve Scalise is out of intensive care. The AP is quoting a person close to Scalise as saying he's been transferred out of the ICU at MedStar Washington Hospital Center, but no other details are available. Scalise was shot in the hip on June 14th when a man opened fire at a baseball practice of Republican lawmakers in Alexandria, Virginia. The gunman was killed. Google says it will no longer use ads inside Gmail that scan users' email contents. The decision comes from Google's cloud unit, which is angling to sign up more corporate customers. Ads will still appear inside the free version of Gmail. President Trump has signed a bill aimed at making it easier to fire employees of the Department of Veterans Affairs. The measure stems from a 2014 scandal at the Phoenix Medical Center where some veterans died while waiting for care. Global News 24 hours a day, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Adrienne Mitchell.